Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who have read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good after evening, good after evening, wherever you guys are in this moment. Um, we are going to finish the piece we started last week. Remember I said that as a bipedal human being, most of us have the privilege of walking about. There are two muscles that get weak. Last time we talked about the importance of why these scapular retractors were so critical in reducing neck and shoulder pain and fighting the influence of gravity and keeping you upright and looking fabulous and feeling fabulous. But there's one more muscle group that tends to get weak. And we have a great fascination about this muscle in, in the world, really in America in particular, maybe. I'm not sure, because I haven't lived in Europe. I've certainly visited Europe, but um, we, we have a particular fascination around butts, if you will, <laughs> or gluteal muscles. And in America, what I know to be true in, in comparison to the short time I've been in Europe is that American glutes, their buttock muscles, there's three of them. There's the gluteus minor and the gluteus medius and the gluteus maximus. And they all uh, tend to be a little bit flabbier, saggier, less, less um, robust or round and highly toned as compared and contrasted to other cultures for instance, I'm thinking about being in Italy where people walk so much and they don't walk slow because that's their primary mode of transportation perhaps, or they're on their bike, which also requires a lot of gluteal strength. And so the glute shape, the glute tone was very noticeably different when I traveled to places where people walk to get from point A from point B. And yet we don't do a lot of that, maybe to the garage and we sit on our rear on the way to work and then we park as close as possible <laughs> to the door where we work and um, we kind of fall forward as we walk and we're not using our glutes. So the trouble is we are in a community in a type of living where we don't do a lot to strengthen the glutes. So, and we, worse than that, we sit on it. And when you're sitting, much like I talked about last time, when a muscle is lengthened, it tends to get weaker. So when you sit on your, on your bum and the legs are bent forward at 90 degrees, you're literally lengthening the buttock muscle, which makes it even harder for it to engage over time, of course. And we do a lot of sitting. So when people 
what they don't recognize about butts and backs is that if you don't have a good strength in your butt, you will almost always have back pain. And if you don't have good strength in your butt, it's largely because you're not using it. And so guess what? If you're not using it, your body will not allow you to go into what we call a hip hinge. And when you think about a hip hinge, it really is just that where your hip is bending or hinging much like if you, if you bend your elbow and that, that hinge is happening at your elbow, there should be a similar hinge happening at your hip when you bend over, when you go to reach something, when you go to pick something up so that your femur, your leg bone in relationship to, to your, your thorax, that angle should, should go from 180 degrees into a hip hinge of 10 degrees. And how that's only going to happen is if you are sticking your bum way out as you bend over. You can't bend that much or hinge that much at your hip joint if, unless your bum is sticking way back. And so when somebody looks like they're hip hinging, we'll have a picture of it in the, in the show notes. It's kind of like what happens when you have your hands full of groceries. You've come in from the front door and it's raining and you don't want the dog to get out. So you turn and you stick your butt onto the door and you shut the door with your butt. Maybe some of you can resonate with that. In order to do that, your butt's got to go way back. The only caveat here is you don't want your knees to go forward over your toes as if you were looking down on. If you look down on your knees, you never want to be able to um, see them over your toes, you, in front of your toes, if you will. You want to actually see your toes because that's that's a good posture for your knee. That other position is really hard, hard, hard leverage on the knee. So the hip hinge is critical not only to for for two reasons. One is you actually have to use your glute to come up out of that. If you go to stand up when your glute that's the fastened down to your sacrum part of your pelvis and then to the back of your femur, when those two places, um, when the muscle shortens, your, your back straightens and your leg comes underneath your hip. So you start to stand more erect. Now you can bend over and not use your butt at all and use only your back. So your back is rounded and you're going to have back pain. You wanna use the bigger muscle. You wanna use the bigger, more efficient muscle, which happens to be the glute. And the reason it's called the maximus for a reason, it's one of the biggest muscles in the body. So if you are not using your bum muscles, you're certainly not going to be able to hip hinge because you don't have the strength to come out of it. And if you're not hip hinging, not only are you gonna increase hip um, inflexibility and pain, but you're definitely putting the onus of responsibility on your lumbar back muscles and you are going to have back pain. So how does one go about strengthening um, a saggy, <laughs> excuse my, sounds kind of mean, a saggy butt without tone? Um, you know, when I teach this class, sometimes I refer to Joni Mitchell's song, you know, where did all the flowers go? Well, sometimes I'm walking around the streets in, in the United States and I'm like, where did all the butts go? I mean, they're just 
saggy, baggy, haggy things that no one's using. They're just sitting on them like a cushion and no wonder back pain is so stinking prominent. So how can you begin to use a muscle that you haven't been using? Again, the process we talked about last time, take gravity out of the drill. And you're going to find that getting on the back, getting on the ground is your best friend. So the very same position we did for the mid-back, you're going to lay on, lay on the ground. You're going to bend your knees so they're about 45 degrees. Your feet are on the ground. Your arms are out to the side. Actually, you're, you're going to be touching your glute muscles with your fingertips so you can actually feel them engage a little bit. And then some of you may know this exercise if you've been to PT for back pain because they're like, I got to teach you how to use your glutes. The problem is sometimes they don't teach you how to hip hinge properly. So it's one thing to get a muscle stronger. It's a whole nother thing to teach you how to use it. So that's why teaching people how to hip hinge, and again, that'll be in the show notes, is critical. So now there you are, you're on the ground. And I want you to um, try to engage your glutes, squeeze your butt together. It's kind of like, mm, if some, sometimes when we have to go to the bathroom and we're like holding, 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 and we do, we do some sphincter engagement or really actually also resonates with the glutes. So that feeling of tightening your glutes. And if you put your fingertips right on your glutes and try to tighten, you should feel that muscle engage a little bit. Now you're going to lift your pelvis, your buttock up into the air. And if you get a cramp in your hamstring, it's because you're using your hamstring out of habit and not your butt. So just go back to the ground, you know, pound, you can, you can kind of pound your legs on the ground to get rid of the cramp, get your knees back bent, and then feel that sensation of tightening your butt and then lift it up. Maybe it's an inch, maybe it's four inches, but you never want to lift into uh, your back is arched. You only want to lift so your back is straight. And you're going to lift that up and maybe repalpate your butt and like, yep, yep, it's firing. Good, good. You're using your butt, not your hamstring. Although in actual fact, you're going to use your hamstring a little bit anyway. It's impossible not to. But now you're going to be doing three sets of 10 with very strong intention to engage the glute all the way up and then engage the glute as you're coming down and relax. Because really the coming down part is the eccentric contraction where muscles contracting, but it's forced to be get a little longer. That's a powerful phase with which to get stronger. So you're squeezing up and then you're releasing the tension slowly as you go down. And that's one set. You're going to do 10, maybe rest 10 seconds, 15 seconds, do 10 more, maybe rest 15 seconds, 30 seconds, do 10 more and expect your butt to be a little, little bit sore. And so the goal now is now that you're starting to fire this muscle, now you should use this muscle. And that's where the hip hinging comes in. So try to emulate the picture shown in the show notes where you're standing and your butt goes way back because you're bending at that hip joint and your back stays straight. Now it's coarse at an angle. It's not, it's not erect, but it's not rounded. It's still straight, but it's at an angle as your butt goes back. And when you go to come up from that position, feel again. If you have to palpate your butt to say, are you working? Feel again. And when it, you come up, it should engage. 
And, and that, that hip hinge is the precursor to the squat exercise, which so many people say, oh, the squat is so bad for you. And I would say the squat is so bad for you if you have bad form and you're using your, your weaker back muscles versus your big, strong butt muscle. For sure, the squat is bad for you. But if you're doing the right thing in the right way and you've built up to this, the squat, whether it's with weights or with the kettlebell, is one of the most foundational steps towards back health and towards just generalized happiness and fighting the ability for gravity to pound down on you. So it, it is really important to spend some time with that. Now, I recently started treating a, a hairdresser and they have a tough job because they're, you know, they're over the shampoo bowl that's ergonomically not positioned very well. They're cutting the hair that might be lower on the back or higher up above. So they're constantly have, having to change. And then there's this ring around the chair where people put their feet so it doesn't allow them to get close up to the chair. And so they're constantly bending forward by rounding their back. And um, this gentleman, when he came in to see me, he had probably seven or eight years of back pain. He could not, he could not hip hinge. It was not a motor pattern that was familiar to him. He only knew how to round his back. And he developed some degenerative changes that were really rocking his world. So I have to teach him how to hip hinge, but I can't do it standing. It's too much for his brain to start changing that, that pattern. So what we did in his case is we had him lay flat on his back and then he would have his legs straight and then take one leg and bring it as high as he can towards his chest as if he were hip hinging. But again, no gravity is fighting him. He's not bending or squatting, but he is, he is he's trying to actually bring his femur his leg bone up towards his tummy while that hip joint is hinging. And that is such a weird pattern for him. It was almost like he had a bit of paralysis when he started to do it. So we're gonna begin, we're gonna begin doing that, that motion without even engaging his glutes yet because it's just too much for him. He's been cutting hair for 20 years and he's developed this crummy pattern. And until we change that pattern, no amount of chiropractic care or is going to fix him. And that's how he's been trying to manage his back pain with some periodic adjustments. Not a bad idea, but here's the drill. If you're using your back and not your butt, you're, you're uh, up a creek without a paddle. So this exercise, much like the one from the mid-back, you might do two or three sets of 10 once a day for two weeks. And then you can go every other day, maybe one set of 10, but no more than less than twice a week, if that's all you're doing for your glutes, you, you've got to keep working on that because it is one of the things that gets weak on everybody if they're doing nothing special. All right then, so thank you for, for trying these things out. Look at the show notes for the picture of a hip hinge if it's not perfectly clear to you. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit about a case study around the power of a little bit of change and the magic that that can provide so I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Make it a sensational day. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. 
So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.